I have been so uh, compelled to be thinking about the feasts and the seasons that we've been in more than any other time I can remember. Um, of course, the feasts are always important to us and always we look for the spiritual guidance of what the days are to become. And uh, we pray and we fast and we uh, intercede for people. But this season is somehow very, very different. And I want to bring uh, your understanding. Without understanding, the people perish. Uh, so I want to make sure that we as a body are continuing in the vein of the Holy Spirit and continuing in the vein of what God is speaking and what has been speaking for months. And we know that the feasts are, uh, God commanded us to attend the feasts as he has called them to be. Uh, each person in the days of old, they would go to the city, uh, Jerusalem, from all over the world at that time, and uh, they would celebrate the feasts with offerings. And um, they would come together and uh, offer their lambs and so on. And we know that with Passover just shortly behind us, uh, we know that that was fulfilled in a greater way through Jesus being the Lamb of God. And we know that uh, that, that feast uh, was really taking on a new meaning for the people. And as Jesus uh, offered himself on the cross as the Lamb of God to restore the way to the Father, restore salvation, to rent the veil that was between us and God, and to bring us uh, an opportunity to go into God ourselves, no longer just the high priest going into God and laying the sins uh, upon, the, upon the heads of the goats and so on, but Jesus rent the veil and provided the opportunity that we would go in to the Holy of Holies, as was speaking about this morning, and experience our Father. Amen? And we also have uh, the Feast of of Pentecost, where he said, mark off 50 days, uh, seven weeks and a day, and on that day, it's another holy convocation, and come together, and he asked us to come together to bring an offering, and we know that in that day, it was bulls and goats and offerings and different things as Deuteronomy talks to us about, but in the day that we're in, it's ourselves, amen, hallelujah. We know that uh, the, fir the first fruits, as it's called, it can be called Pentecost, it can be called the Feast of Weeks, it can be called the Feast of First Fruits. But what was to happen on that day is <clears throat> we were to celebrate the beginnings of the harvest. And so the people would bring the new grain in. So wheat, for instance. And they would bring the new grain in. And it wasn't supposed to be mixed with the old. So whatever was left over from the previous year or previous time it wasn't to be mixed like uh, if we were on our veg with our vegetable gardens and we had some left over from last year we wouldn't bring the new in and mix it with the old he said make sure the old is used up and there's a type and shadow of this with the manna as the manna came down from heaven uh, so it was that they couldn't save it for the days right he couldn't go out and accumulate days worth of manna to be fed because it's spoiled and um, so he commanded, uh, and then we have tabernacles at the end. And I want to, I want to talk about these, um, about these feasts in a way uh, that brings it down to how we would see it today. 
the Feast of Passover is where we experience salvation, uh, restored path to the Father. This is where we become partakers of the new covenant, right? The new covenant through the blood of Jesus. This is where the blood established the way to the Father through eternal life because there is no other way. And so we as people, as we are saved, we experience that Passover, that experience of Passover of new life, resurrection, of being raised up, of the things that were dead being born again and new and fresh and alive. But just as in the natural, if there's a baby that's being born, right? That baby's being born, and just as sure as the baby's born, it has all the faculties that, that human beings need. It has a heart, it has hands and feet, and it can breathe. It's always amazing to me when a baby is born, how is it not breathing, and then it is breathing? How is it in the womb, growing and, and being put together by the hand of God, and then it comes out through birth, and it starts breathing? And I can understand the heart, and I can understand some of the, maybe the hearing, but the breath is so amazing to me. And I want to remind you about the breath that came to this body about the bones of Ezekiel. Remember, year, uh, not years ago, months and months ago, God started weaving a thread of what He wanted us to understand about the season that we're in. And He brought the story of the valley of dry bones. And the bones were very dry. And He asked Ezekiel, can these bones live? And in the natural, they couldn't, Right? How can dead bones that are in the valley that dried up and sun-drenched and parched and be there for that long, how can bones live? Well, when we were uh, away from Christ, we weren't really living. We weren't really uh, experiencing what God wanted us to experience, that fresh, new, life-giving impartation to what it is to, ex- to receive Jesus to receive his salvation. So the valley of dry bones said, well, prophesy to the dry bones. And he began to prophesy and he began to release the word of God. The bones began to come together and they were rattling. And pretty soon they were forming the body, right? And he said, can these dry bones live? And he said, you know, I don't know. And he said, prophesy that the wind of the four corners comes into the bones. In other words, the, the four represents the foundations of the earth, the four seasons, the foundations of buildings, and it's inclusive and it's complete. And the four winds came from the four corners of the earth, meaning every part of the earth was affected by the prophecy that was going out in that time upon the dry bones. So nothing was to be excluded. This... Uh, parable as it's turning out as we see it playing out in our lives the word of god is being released throughout the nations as kathy and lani will testify when they come back they literally walked in 10 nations and released the word of god in every single one of them being led by the spirit speaking in the prophecy of the words of god speaking by the anointing of the holy spirit releasing his words And such was the same in the valley of dry bones. He said, speak to the bones. And the four winds came and breathed life into the bones and they stood up as a mighty army of God. Isn't that amazing? 
the parallels that we have in our life today, right now, playing out in our time. God is doing the same thing over and over again, but through a different people and through a different time. And you're it. And then we get to, we get to hold up. We get to hold up and stop. And when we become born again, when we become those infants, when we become those vessels of God's pouring himself into us, we're not quite sure how to, how to walk that out. We have our ideas. We have the ways that we think are gonna, how it's going to play out. And the problem is we start forming all these ideas of how we think we can walk out God's destiny in our lives. And we begin. And that's wonderful because the passion is there and the energy is there and we want to bless Him and we want to... But then we find out, wait a second, this isn't quite the road. And we we figure out and we take course corrections and we, we adjust the way we walk. And we our minds are being renewed. And so we had this message come that said, renewing of your mind. We, Kathy, before she left, she released a word into this body and across the nations that the mind is being renewed to think with and agree. And Lonnie stood up after the message and said, you know, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am also. And he said, stop agreeing with your adversary because you're, there are two there that are in agreement. Stop agreeing that the future is going to be like the past. Stop agreeing that the bad things that have happened to you are going to plague you the rest of your life. Because I know the adversary is trying to get me to think along his lines day and night. Bringing accusations. Bringing failures and all kinds of things because he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he speaks his native tongue but the Holy Spirit, amen? The Holy Spirit, through the waiting, through the impartation of just getting a hold of Him in quiet, secret places. We had the word that come that says, think of eternity, think of destiny, think of forever, right? And and Chantel tried to get us to think about more than just today, more than just yesterday, more than just what was happening in our present life. And she tried to get us to think about eternity, the future, what it was going to be like, what it was going to sound like, what it was going to smell like, what it was going to feel like. And the disciples were in the upper room and they were fearing everything that they had thought was going to come about was now in jeopardy and they didn't know what they were waiting for. But Jesus said, you're to wait until the Spirit from on high comes upon you. What does that mean? What what does it mean to wait for 50 days in fear and behind locked doors and in places of uncertainty, in places of where we don't know how things are going to... We don't know. 50 days. 50 days waiting for something they didn't understand and they didn't know about. And how many times have prophets stood in this house and said, the new anointing is upon you. 
and then we haven't seen it. Or it didn't meet our expectations of what we thought it was going to be like. How many times, how many stories did they rehearse in the middle of those 50 days about what they saw and what they heard Jesus do? And how many times were they searching the Scriptures to try and figure out some way forward, some way to change the, the dread and the fear and the anxiety and the nod and, and all of the turmoil that they were in? But then the day of Pentecost came. Jesus was revealing himself in the middle of the 50 days. And Jesus has revealed himself to us in the middle of our 50 days. And he's coming to nurture. And he's coming to say, I love you. He's coming to say, you're the apple of my father's eye. When they come against you, it's like the devil took a stick and poked my father in his eye. And it's painful for him. And he doesn't like watching his children suffer. And he doesn't, he doesn't get joy out of seeing them go through the hardship because, because hope deferred makes the heart sick. And so Jesus is with the Father and he, He's Father. Now is the time. Release your spirit, Father. And He starts interceding for us. And He starts saying, Father, they've endured. They've done what You've asked. They've waited. They've kept their hearts pure. They're, they're believing. They're praying prayers up moment by moment. They're not forsaking Your Word. They're not forsaking. They're not saying it's never going to happen. They're agreeing with what I told them, Father. And He starts interceding. And then on that day, the Spirit came in like a muddy, rushing wind that we'll read about a little bit later. But Pentecost is where we're transformed with power from the places of fear to boldness. Remember, the disciples were in fear, but after the Spirit came and rested upon them, they were transformed into different people. They were transformed into boldness, and they weren't hiding behind locked doors anymore. And they weren't thinking about how the days of the fear of places of old was going to how they had to navigate. They were going right out into the middle of the town square preaching Jesus in boldness. And the first fruits, the evidence of the first fruits is that thousands were saved. Thousands heard. In other words, when the Spirit came upon these people, 120 people, it says that they spoke in other tongues. Well, we know that in the way that we know it, but in that day, it says people came from all over the world. Remember, this was the feast that God had commanded, show up in the city. I'm going to do something. And they were from all over the world. So picture this place full of people from all over the world. So if there are over a hundred nations in the world today, if there were two people from every nation in this place, how would we preach the Word of God? How would we say about what we know about Jesus? So God did something supernatural, reversing the curse of Babel. Remember the story of uh, the Tower of Babel where God came to confuse the language? 
And on that day, there was language throughout the earth that was separated and they didn't know and the work stopped and they were confused and they didn't know how to continue and it caused such confusion in the earth that it kind of all disintegrated. God restored it on that day. And He restored it in a way that they could understand in their native language right where they were at. It's an amazing story that continues to play out today in our lives. It's an amazing story because the Spirit of the Lord met all of those people exactly where they were in ways they could understand. Have you said in the past, I don't know why I'm so different. I just don't fit in. Why can't I be like that? Or why can't I do this or that? And you start looking at other people wondering why God made you the way He did? Do you think yourself lesser? Do you, have you thought to yourself, boy, I just don't know if I could ever be that bold. I don't know. Well, the Spirit of the Lord came and rested upon the people. And they became bold. They became okay with who they were because they knew who God was inside of them. Amen? This is where the grace and the love comes to renew our mind into adulthood, driving out every spirit contrary to His Word. So now we see the infant child that experienced salvation at Passover beginning to grow up. We see the, the inexperience of the timidity, the inexperience of the hesitance. We see it, God's Word coming to nurture and to bring life in new ways into adulthood, driving out every spirit contrary to His Word, equipping. Jesus said, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions. And nothing by any means came, that comes from the enemy will hurt you. But everything you bind on earth is bound in heaven, and everything you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. He gave us weapons of warfare. And we're seeing ourselves from the babies growing up into adolescence and growing up into the teenage and the adult years by the releasing of His Word, by going through our hardships and our trials and experiencing Him to be faithful. We're becoming as those young adults. Walking new beginnings. This is where we're clothed with His fire, His passion, His compassion for His people. God's making Himself known to the peoples of the earth, where the harvest of the earth begins to see, and we begin to see the first fruits. We're seeing it here in our own body. Matthew was standing up just last week saying, there's new life. I'm going to be a dad. I'm going to be a dad. And so we see the new life in our body, just like there was last night in this place as we stood before the Lord with YWAM coming to be a part of the feast with us. And we just abandoned ourselves to God. God, have your way. And so we see the impartation coming and the impartation playing out in our lives. God is making Himself known to the people of the earth where the harvest of the earth, we begin to see the first fruits of Him drawing the hearts of the people. 
It is a time where the old cannot be mixed with the new. We can't have the past and the future. We've got to let go of one of them. We can't continue to agree with our adversary about who he says we are or how he, how he is co- trying to convince us that he is the one orchestrating our past and future. You see, we're in a critical time of letting go of everything he has ever said. Because the Spirit of the Lord has come to raise us up into the adulthood of Jesus Christ. Into the mature man. Into the renewing of the mind. Into the wind coming into the bones. And when there's a need like Sylvia amongst us that needs a miracle, it says signs and wonders followed them wherever they go. And I'm believing for a miracle as it was released through many people praying just moments ago. And as we join in one accord and one heart, we shake heaven and God rends the heavens and He says, I love you. It's where the hopelessness turns to passionate purpose. It's when the disciples were in the upper room, didn't know where to go or what to do. They were hopeless. Jesus said to wait, and we have no idea what we're waiting for. And we're searching the Scriptures, trying to find a key and a link. Are you searching the Scriptures, wondering when the the season comes upon you? It's coming upon us now. And then we have the season of tabernacles, where the mature man rises up, that bride of Christ where she's made perfect, where she's made whole and complete, where she is executing the judgments of our God upon the earth. It's that fulfilling of who God said His bride was to become. And it's Jesus saying, my bride is ready for the marriage. My bride is fully ready. She's been fully prepared. Father, look at how beautiful she is. Look at how wonderful she is, Father. Look at all she's overcome. Look at the feasts and how she's grown up into the stature of who we are. Father, it's time. Can I go? Can I go and get her? Can we go and have the marriage? Can we go and be one? And we see that tabernacles is where Jesus comes back to live with us. And I want you to understand these feast times are more than just us getting together and celebrating something old. They're the story of our lives. They're the story of where we're at. They're the story of hardship and trial, but victory through grace and mercy. I want to bring you to one of the last things that Jesus said. I'm going to try and wrap this up because... Um, I'm sensitive to the time. I want to bring you to communion. We take communion frequently, once a month, sometimes more frequently than that. And we recognize communion as the blood and the body of Jesus. And for that place, we rightly understand it. But there's so much more that we need to understand of what communion is really really about if you've ever thought yourself lesser or not qualified 
Jesus wants you to rightly divide communion today. You're not forgiven a little. You're forgiven the fullness. You're forgiven everything. There's nothing left on the table that you're not forgiven over. It has to do with your past, present, and future. It has to do with everything. It's the fullness of forgiveness. It's the fullness of who He is. It isn't, well, I've been forgiven for most of my sins, but the devil is still coming trying to convince me that that place is still not sanctified. That that place still isn't under the blood. Or somehow I haven't done the right thing to receive His forgiveness. I haven't said the right prayers or given the right amount of money or had the right job. I haven't fasted in the right ways. That's all nonsense. Because Jesus came and He said, do this in remembrance of Me. I have overcome the world. I've descended into the lower parts of hell and I struggled there against all the demons of hell and My Father through the power of the Holy Spirit, raised me up and presented me alive in heaven amongst all of the hosts of heaven. And I hold the keys of hell and death today. I want you to understand that it's full forgiveness. I want you to understand it's full acceptance. Jesus doesn't look at you differently than He does me. He doesn't look at you differently than he does Kathy or Lonnie or Bill Norton or Betty Green or Howard Pittman. It's full acceptance. You are fully accepted on the day of Pentecost, on the day of Passover, on the day of Tabernacles, all through the journey. You are fully accepted. You're not turned away. He's not ashamed of you. He's not wishing your life turned out somehow different. You're fully accepted right where you are. He is with full power to restore, strengthen, and heal. And I believe, as the word was released just moments ago upon Sylvia, He has the full power to heal and restore. Amen? Amen. Strengthen. And so these are the days that we find ourselves walking in, where we have revelations of the blood of Jesus. We have a revelation of the purpose of the feasts and how we are walking through them and how they relate to our lives. And on that day, everything changed in a few moments of time. But understand, God has seasons. And so between now and tabernacles, there's going to be a fulfillment of what God has released now in this Feast of Pentecost. You're going to find that, there, that the grace and the mercy of God comes upon your life to allow you to walk through the places that were impossible a year ago. Impossible. But the Word of God is a right now word. And you're going to be understanding and experiencing that release of full acceptance to love yourself as He loves you. To see yourself as He sees you. Because you're headed to tabernacles. You're headed to the, to the oneness of God. You're headed to where Jesus is saying, look how perfect she is. 
Look at everything she's overcome. She's overcome by the Word of God, the Word of her testimony. That's where you're going. Through the Spirit of the Lord coming upon us as a body, as, a, as across the nations. It isn't just for you as an individual. Kathy and Lonnie spend time in ten nations releasing this Word, releasing this anointing, releasing the power of God and what's been prophesied through the generations in the ages of time of what God wants to be released on the earth in the day that we're in that the lost tribes become found. That those who don't know their heritage become the bride of Christ. Who don't understand how they're to play out in these end times and what they're supposed to do. The Word has been released on a global scale. The Word has been released in over us and in us and through us. And there will be... Uh, experiences that we're going to have before tabernacles that uh, aligns with His Word, that causes us to see ourselves differently, not in a place of fear, because the disciples, the story is told out in their lives. When the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you, it drives out every demon spirit, every spirit of fear. Perfect love drives out fear. And if you're experiencing fear, then you just haven't been made whole yet. But he fully intends, as the apple of his eye, to carry out the journey all the way through the feasts as it's described to be your experience until on that day you awaken and you find yourself to be just like him. Just like David shouted in the Psalms, when I awaken... I'll find myself to be just like you. Isn't that amazing? And so in closing, I want to read Acts to you of what it was in that day. In, G in, in Acts 1, verse 4, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, It's not for you to know the times and the season which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be witnesses of me in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Acts 2, 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, oh, I love that word. And suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire that sat on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Verse 5. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when the sound occurred, the multitude came together and they were confused because everyone heard them speaking in his own language. 
The Spirit was meeting them exactly where they were at in a way they could understand. And then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not all these speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in our own language? And it lists the nations of the peoples that were represented across the earth, all over the earth. And they testified on that day that we hear the Word of God spoken in our own language. Boldness replaces fear. There is an anointing right now that is so empowered by grace. Grace is, uh, five is the number of grace. For what purpose? For new beginnings. And so I declare in all of the places where my voice is traveling, there is grace from heaven to establish the new beginning of God's order, of God's life, of God's anointing to bring every word that's ever been spoken over your life into your experience. Hallelujah. And I want to just end by saying the blood of Jesus is stronger. The blood of Jesus is stronger by multiple times more than your adversary. Jesus doesn't struggle with making His Word known, with creating change in our lives. He doesn't struggle with that. He releases the Word. And so I leave you with this thought. Wherever two or three are gathered, In my name, there I am also. Be thinking about what he spoke over your life in these days. The prophecies. Be thinking about what you know is in God's heart. And align it with his. And watch and see what happens. Amen? Amen. Be blessed. Kathy and Lonnie should be here in a couple of days. Uh, Tomorrow, what's today, Sunday? Be back tomorrow. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Um, have I missed any announcements? Bake sale. Yes. So it's in the bulletin. Take your bulletin home. Put it on the fridge so you remember. That's what I do. Yeah, look at it throughout the week. Any other announcements? Yes.